I believe to watch a flop, a man must first know what a flop truly is, that all beers are not created equal, and that everyone has it within themselves the power to find a better brew, that the old ones have put terrible movies here so that every podcast must drink and watch them for themselves, and being prepared physically, mentally, and morally to shotgun beers when a movie requires it that a man should make the most of what equipment he has, no matter how short his lasso is. This is my code. Hi-ho, silver bullets. Away. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the 133rd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wobam Entertainment. We are our mom's favorite podcast dedicated to bad movies and good beers. For tonight's episode, if you couldn't gather it from the opening, we have the first installment in our hops and attempted franchise flop series. We're kicking things off with 2013's The Lone Ranger. You can find me, your host tonight, Chumpzilla, on the Twitters promoting my ivory prosthesis erotic fanfic at Chumpzilla8. Thudder's Wizard, where can the listener find your lovingly crafted Barry Pepper William Fitchner slash fit content? So... I love this movie, but I'm going to get this out of the way. Were we supposed to know that Barry Pepper had an ivory fetish? Apparently everyone does in this movie. Straight up, everybody loves that leg. It's like, like the I, original Baby Yoda. Like, I don't I don't know if it's an ivory fetish so much as it's a prosthesis fetish. Prosthesis. But prosthesis. Damn, that is hard to say. Prosthesis. <laughs> Once you Fetish. think about it, the word just stops making sense. It does. Rule, yeah. uh, rule number four or five of the pod. When in doubt, use your prosthetic limb to shoot a barrel of TNT. Mm. Yep. I think that's four. I'll give that four. Maybe five. Four. Well, you know what? Five. I feel like, so recapping the rules very briefly. One, goon him. Two, drag. Three, uh, I don't know. Four, still a little unclear, but I feel like five is definitely who on the crew has a prosthetic limb. Could it be used for some manner of projectile weapon? Yeah, could you use it as a way to beguile Barry Pepper? What is your prosthesis made of? Will it get Barry Pepper all hot and bothered? I'll give that five. (laughs) Five, that definitely five. More importantly, uh, T-Dubs, if the listener wanted to hear more about the Barry Pepper rule and uh, his amputee fetish. Uh, where could they find you on social? Waxing oh, philosophical about it. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at writer TLK when my dog is not eating scorpions off my face. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do live in the desert. So that's, that's, that's a real thing that happens. <clears throat> and uh, last but not least, Captain Cash, where can the folks follow the progress on your extremely tasteful, not at all offensive Tonto cosplay project? Listen, I feel like it's important for me to say up front, Johnny Depp is a great actor. He's done a number of roles that 
I think you could easily describe as iconic. And I'm not better than Johnny Depp, but I have enough goddamn sense in this, the year of our Lord, any time between now and 20 years ago, not to wear red face. Yeah, it's a little tricky. Yeah. I did read that he had Native American ancestry. That was a little murky. I don't know if that was a way for his PR people to try. And, and this wasn't even about this movie because he was offensive as, in other ways, apparently. As a white guy who's had family who have claimed American, Native American ancestry for a long time, there is nothing white people love more than claiming Native American ancestry. It's fine. I get it. He's trying to be like, no, it's cool, cuz. But at the point at which you're making a whole movie where you're the lead and you have to do, no, it's cool, cuz. Maybe just yeah. don't do that. No, I know. I, I <laughs> you got Pirates of the yeah. Caribbean money, man. What are you doing? Yeah. And I want to be real clear here. We'll talk about it more later, but he doesn't go full red face in terms of the makeup because he has a very stylized look. Oh, but I mean, he, they deliberately make sure that makeup stays way on his face, no matter how wet he gets, just to avoid that. Right. And it's not skin tone makeup. Right. So, I mean, I get I feel like they worked around like the most insensitive possibilities here. But just in general, it's like, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, it's not. But to like, his listen, credit. Th- he did but a lot they, of work. If somebody with, wanted to find you doing this tastefully on the internet, Captain oh, Cash, oh yeah, then, then at C A P T C A S H on most of your social media, almost definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know better. So your Tonto cosplay would be totally cool and awesome and not offensive, just like this Johnny Depp version, kind of. But I anyway, definitely not. Let's get back to the movie here. Uh, Disney snagged the rights to this classic slice of Americana and hoped it would turn into a blockbuster franchise in the same vein as their wildly successful Pirates of the Caribbean films. They even went as far as to hire Pirates director Gore Verbinski and cast Johnny Depp as Tonto, as we've just talked about, in their shameless pursuit to copy the Pirates formula. Sadly, they couldn't catch lightning in the bottle of rum a second time. The Lone Ranger is one of Hollywood's biggest flops of all time. It ranks number two behind John Carter, welcome back, on the list of Hollywood's biggest financial flops. It lost Disney upwards of $200 million. And that was like back to back. That was like 2013, 2013. Bang, bang. You wonder why Disney only makes cartoon shows and Marvel movies now. Mm. Yeah. The, the math is murky here, but it's safe to say that the combination of those two movies, John Carter and uh, uh, The Lone Ranger, lost Disney upwards of $300 million in a two-year period. Because they both at least lost $150 million. The math starts getting a little murky because, you know, the, the marketing gets involved in all that stuff. But, yeah, uh, Disney's on the record saying, hey, is it really as bad as it looks? And they're like, Yes. Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah, we did good. not make any of the money mm. back on those pictures. Uh, so, yeah, woof. Yeah, uh, we have quite a track record on this pod of doing Disney movies that uh, are outside of, say, Pixar or other animated fare that have lost them loads of money. Yep. <laughs> the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, for example. The Four Realms! Uh, and uh, this is a, 
attempted franchise flop because Army Hammer, when he was not problematic, was on record that, you know, had this been a hit, he was. I'm sorry, do you mean actual cannibal Army Hammer? Yes, yes. The legend cannibal. Uh, (laughs) Legend cannibal. Butch Cavendish Hammer. Uh, he was signed on, like he was contractually obligated to film a sequel had this been a success. And of course, we'll get to it, but it ends in a pseudo sequel tease of sorts. But well, and you know, Army Hammer was always a bit problematic, um, but it was kind of on the DL for a long time because yeah. he wasn't super yeah. famous, but he was definitely one of those guys that they were trying to make happen for a good period of the, the mid, mid to whatever aughts. Uh, because he's like six foot two, six three, and handsome, looks yeah. like a Disney prince. Um, you know, he looked the part. He can sort of act. And I think I mean, shit, probably, he was Batman, right? He, they yeah, cast him as Batman in one of the in Justice the Justice League, League that wasn't uh, Justice yeah, League he, Mortal. Yeah, he was Batman. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that was probably his biggest almost could have been. He was George Miller's Batman and, and yeah. that lost George Miller. Um, that will be Justice fair. Uh, a billionaire who dresses up like a bat that actually eats people. I mean, kind of playing to his strength is all I'm trying to say. Kind of fits, yeah. Yeah. His real life is is very, very Bruce Wayne. Um, it turns out his entire family history is problematic, which I'll share yeah. on the social. There's this oh, nice. sordid history of Russian spies and other awful things. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and we'll get to that later, like you said, Thunderous Wizard. Uh, but as always, you can find the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. And don't forget to download the pod anywhere you can find the finest podcasts streaming on the interwebs and don't forget to check out wobam entertainment at w-o-b-a-m-e-n-t on twitter and instagram for all the army hammer content your black and soul can handle and gentlemen that brings us to beer uh, before we get there yeah don't don't dark web army hammer it just is not worth it don't do that yeah wait what put your safe search on that's all i'm saying uh For this episode, I have selected a shitty Texas beer, which pairs nicely with a shitty movie involving a masked Texas Ranger. Tonight, we'll be drinking Lone Star beer. This movie's not shitty. This movie's good. Okay. I agree to disagree, but let's get after it. Yeah, I mean, it lost a lot of money. So it was shitty for Disney. Sold it Wild Wild West. You know how I feel about that movie. (laughs) So did you like Cowboys and Aliens too, then? Actually, you know, I love Westerns. I'm the big Western fan. That movie did not work for me. No, Cowboys and Aliens, yeah. No, it does have my dad, but no, it didn't work. And Daniel Craig. Yeah. That one's actually like legit really, really stupid. Like this actually has like a thematic arc to it. And I'll get into why I really love it. But, yeah. I, you know, it's, uh, you know, some critics, you know, saw some positives in it. So, I mean, it wasn't like a total critical failure but pretty close but anyway uh lone star is billed as the national beer of texas i'm not sure what that means but i can tell you it's an american style lager that is clearly beer adjacent if not extremely beer like it pours a pale yellow with not a lot of head and it checks in at a walker texas ranger disappointing 4.65 ABV. 
Uh, it's basically the Texas equivalent of Miller Genuine Draft. So yeehaw. And fun fact, Lone Star, the brand, is currently owned by Pabst and brewed by Miller out of Fort Worth. So uh, yeah, there's that. Anyway, cheers to our mega brand conglomerate overlords. Yeah. Lone Star tastes yeah. like uh, it tastes like any Ted Cruz tweet you've ever seen. As in it tastes like shit. Like when you read a Ted Cruz tweet and you're like, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> like that's Lone Star. That's yeah, that should be the aftertaste, <laughs> the aftertaste, excuse me, of Lone Star. He called out Big Bird for Pete's sake. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah you know it's you know where the political discourse is in the united states when our politicians are angry tweeting at sesame street characters over public health issues that they're clearly on the wrong side of but getting salty with muppets yeah getting salty with muppets which it's you know i guess that is that's that's where we're at but anyway uh, i'm gonna give lone star a one bad movie rating it tastes like a headache and i'd rather have a pbr if i'm drinking this tier of beer gentlemen do you have any opinions on the national beer of texas you know i've i've done a lot of oh this is so bad i would you know i couldn't even make one movie but yeah no that fits here too this is this is bad beer it's not good yeah it's not offensively bad, I, I but can you have know a, it's bad when you taste it. Yeah, I can have a lone lone star. Fair enough. I mean, that it fits. Uh, I could I couldn't get this because I I my state doesn't believe in freedom and a single star. I guess we're, we're more of a communist, communist. conglomeration of stars. Yeah. Your state is so unpatriotic. Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, but uh, I mean, I get I get. Texas was a, a nation before it was a state, but the thing that the people of Texas conveniently forget, it's because we didn't let them in. We're like, no, 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 hang on. Nah. And then eventually, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's totally fine. Just drink an icy light and call it good. Let's talk about the backstory here, because this movie sort of falls into some of the standard cliches of these long gestating projects involving like a, a property that changes hands and bounces around uh, the development process that culminated in this movie, 2013's Lone Ranger started all the way back in 2002 with Columbia pictures. They were hoping to make a movie similar to captain Cash's second favorite Antonio Banderas movie, 1998's the mask of Zorro. True story. I mean, that's true. Because the first one is clearly the 13th Warrior. But Mask of Zorro no. fucking rocks. We all know it's ballistic colon X versus Sever. No, Listen, that's my second colon, favorite movie. <laughs> ballistic colon is the only true part of that film. Yeah. God, I love the 13th Warrior. And I love the Mask of Zorro. Go on. I mean, yeah. you got me. You got me. Listen, yeah. I'm in a box here. You're not wrong. I'm not judging, but I will point out that the 13th Warrior is like number five, I think, on the list is biggest financial. Theoretically, it's still a great film. I don't care. Accounting for for, uh, inflation inflation there. Yeah, it's up there. Uh, Yeah, we've really knocked out a lot of these big losers. It's kind of it's kind of cool to look at that list. Like, oh, done that one. Done that one. But anyway, uh, by 2005, Columbia had hit the reset button at least once. And then in 2007, to deal with the Weinstein Company fell apart just before Jerry Bruckheimer was brought in with another group of producers and investors to snap up the rights. So Bruckheimer then pitched the project to Disney, 
And by March of 2008, they had the Shrek Pirates guys working on a script. And by September of that year, Depp was announced as playing Tonto. And they brought in director Gore Verbinski uh, just a couple of years later. So talk about getting the band back together. I mean, it was clearly uh, first it was Columbia trying to, you know, do that Zorro thing. And then Bruckheimer and Disney are like, hey, let's do the Pirates thing. Uh, and that's probably the biggest thing I learned from this uh, uh, pod or research in the movie was that uh, the guys that wrote Shrek also wrote the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I, I did not know that until now. And uh, with, without Depp being attached, Verbinski wouldn't have, wouldn't have joined on. Basically, I guess he thought he treaded this ground with Rango a bit. Yeah, that's and, a good point and, out too. And he, he he'd did, like he backed out. Too. And once the wheels started turning again, Depp's like, no, no, you got to do this. And so he agreed to do it. And to its credit, Rango is very, very good. Like that's one of the better mid or sorry, I guess it's one of the better late 2000s, early teens animation films out there. Yeah, it's one of the best not Pixar movies of that era. It's yeah, really, it's really good. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, like this movie is imperfect. I like it a lot. And had they not gotten Verbinski and you get somebody who's left, got a less deft hand, I think this would have been an even bigger disaster than it already was. Obviously, it lost $200 million, but probably morally and uh, repugnant and offensive as well, like in other ways, like. I think he's a good enough director. He handled a lot of these things really well. Whereas if you just got a Michael Bay type, holy shit, could this have been a total disaster? I mean, um, I don't know. I, I think I agree, but at the same time, I kind of look at this in the same vein as any of the Transformers movies. No, no. They, those no, movies have but nothing what I will to say, say is this, this movie, movie has things to say. And I'm, I'm not sure I'm here for that. I, I'm not sure that giving this a bit of a bit, not maybe the full Michael Bay treatment, but a bit of the Michael Bay treatment would have been a bad thing. I mean, jokes about Romeo and Juliet laws, that would have been bad, but pumping up the action a little bit and punching up the pace a bit, that might've been okay. And not get so bogged down with story and just worry about what looks cool. It could have used a little bit of that in my opinion, I'm but just, yeah, let's keep going. Uh, Michael Bay could not handle the seriousness of, westward expansion and the eradication of an entire nation of people he he simply cannot uh, uh yep i i don't doubt that but let's just keep going here we're not quite to the to the culmination of this uh, development cycle just yet because in 2011 disney pumped the brakes on the production due to budgetary concerns in the aftermath of john carter and cowboys and aliens uh poor box office numbers so basically, this got the suits nervous after they saw two high concept sci-fi movies, one of which, like a Western of sorts, not do so hot. Well, hold um, up. So that, I'm not sure I'm going to call this high concept, even slightly. Well, in, this, in the scope. No, but it's it was, not a spaghetti it Western. It was originally supposed to have like a $275 million budget. And they're yeah. like, no, 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 no. We got to pare this way down. And it still came in over budget. They they got it down to like two hundred, and then it ballooned back up to two twenty five. Like they were like, we can't give you this money because there's no guarantee this is going to be a hit. Because essentially, John Carter, 
similar time period, right? Post-Civil War era, United States, science fiction, Cowboys and Aliens is just Western science fiction. And both of them did horrific. And yeah. not to mention, and- the Lone Ranger was no longer popular. He wasn't like, there wasn't like nostalgia Aside from, you know, like my mom watched The Lone Ranger. I saw this movie in theaters with my mother. And, you know, we enjoyed it because she enjoyed the show. But holy shit, this show was so far out of like popular consciousness that how could you possibly sell? It's not Pirates of the Caribbean where people go on the ride every year. It's a show that was not in syndication really at all. Yeah. So, and, and I, I, yeah, I mean, a high concept in terms of the scope and the budget. It's not a spaghetti western. It wasn't a Clint Eastwood, Man with No Name movie. Yeah, this was wasn't produced a big Hollywood. Blah like, blah 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 blah. This is a huge gamble. Yeah. So to keep things rolling, Bruckheimer, Verbinski, Depp, and Hammer all deferred twenty percent of their salaries to get the production back on track. So not a great start there, fellas. And the production also suffered from several non-monetary issues, including bad weather, a chicken pox outbreak, and the tragic death of a crew member. Allegedly, I've seen like kind of conflicting reports here, but at some points, this movie was in pretty serious danger of just being canceled, whether it was because of the budget and the performance of comparable films or because of all these problems with the filming. Well, it got delayed, yeah. I, yeah. I read a bunch of stuff, too, and... After the movie came out, got panned. There was basically like everybody wanted it to fail, which is, you know, maybe that's that's obviously you're looking at it from different glasses. These are the stars of the movie talking like, but the knives were out for this movie. Like people which sort I, of wanted to see this production implode because it was sort of imploding. Well, and I, I think the producers and the director were a little sensitive to the fact that I think they'd been questioned by the studios on the budget a bit. So I, I think a lot of that's in their heads. That's just my personal opinion. Like, I don't think anyone in like the critics realm or the audience really cared about that behind the scenes stuff. But I think the producers and the director took it personal when Disney tried to pull it, their money. It all depends. Like this movie is one of a few examples I can remember where, a movie was written about for a good year before it was ever released. And by the time it gets released, you just know that people are, they, they, they want to trash this movie. Yeah. You know, and I just think the but, audience, but for in that fairness, though, the movie much does suck. The movie no, it, <laughs> it's better than the two pirate sequels, but it's, but it is imperfect. Oh, no, 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 it no, 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 it's certainly no, no definitely not. not. Certainly, this movie is not fun sequels. enough to be called better than the first two pirate sequels. Those movies are still fun. The world's this movie's is not a travesty fun. where a woman turns into gigantor at the end. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, no, no, again, I mean, there's a handful of things that you can do to make your movie work, and this movie can't decide whether it wants to be a silly buddy comedy or a commentary on the fact that. Actually, the Old West is a complete lie. And what what happened was the systematic genocide of a people that we should probably address. And it just and instead, it, no, here's it, Johnny it, Depp in red face. It very directly. He's got a silly hat. As well. It very directly addresses that, which is why I like this movie, because that is a part of history that people need to know. 
Yeah, I, I just don't think it belongs in a Lone Ranger movie where the Lone Ranger gets shot with an arrow in the shoulder and screams like a little girl. Um, except it, which except I it thought it was a great to. gag. I'm just saying it's it's a tonal whiplash. But hey, let's keep going here. Because historically, Western movies totally never address that. They, they, they literally embraced the, the concept of the savage, and it was bullshit. So this which movie at I, least directly says like yes the people that built the railroads were inherently fucking evil like well, like the when he says that like own the railroads not the slave labor that built yes them, but when, when he says uh, you know it doesn't matter what happens to me because somebody else will come like yes that's the truth okay okay l- let's save some of this stuff for later because this it'll come up I-, I do have opinions on the tone in this movie t-dubs and and the way they do address some of those real life issues and to your point i'll give you some credit this movie tackles some of those matters head on and doesn't really sugarcoat them although i'm just not sure this movie is the right vehicle for those conversations but regardless the lone ranger was released in july of 2013 and backed by an estimated million of marketing on top of the $215 million budget, which may have been as high as $250 million, depending on who you ask. And here's the good news. The Lone Ranger opened at number two that week behind Despicable Me 2. Now here's the bad news. Despicable Me 2 pulled down $142 million against a budget of $76 million over that weekend while the Lone Ranger only managed to pull in $48.9 million. So almost $100 million less than Despicable Me 2 over that same five-day period. And uh, it only gets worse from there. Despicable Me 2, just as a, uh, a comp here, ended up grossing $907 million worldwide, while the Lone Ranger went on to earn a paltry $260 million. So, yeah. Yowzer. Little yellow minion guys, almost a billion dollars. The Lone Ranger, 260 Hey, why, why learn a little bit about history when you can watch Kevin eat bananas? Ooh, and uh, just let's just, you know, that's, that's a pretty decent tax write-off for the mouse there, you know? Oh man, anyway. they had me so pissed. <laughs> be so yeah, especially pissed. after John Carter. Yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, back to cartoons. Uh, and the Lone Ranger was not well received by critics either. Most critics felt it was poorly paced, bloated, and lacking charm. The most frequent positive comments praised the classic Western shooting location, which uh, included shots of Monument Valley in Utah slash Arizona which was a classic uh, Western filming location and a favorite of the, you know, uh, seminal Western director, John Ford. Uh, and all the, uh, they also enjoyed all the practical stunt work, which is pretty good in this movie. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's kind of cool to see a lot of the, the, the seemingly practical stunts, uh, even with like the leads, you know, this, I didn't have a stunt double issue in this movie. Like we've had in some of our other flops. Not at all. Horse star of the show, by the way, Silver, which he's not really called in the movie until the very end, but he's the star of the show. Uh, but also Quentin Tarantino, one of his favorite movies of 2013. <laughs> he was he was quoted saying, like, love the beginning, the end, that train sequence, amazing. The middle really sucked. 
Yeah, and I'll and like I said, I, I do agree. The stunt work does look good, and the location shots are great because I think it does a good job of just giving scale to the the old west, which is a cool backdrop. But uh, I do think that in general, the action in this movie is pretty cheesy for a movie willing to give us cannibals and genocide. I would. There is a lot of tonal whiplash. There's a person who gets his heart cut out. There's yeah. the fact that Butch Cavendish may or may not have eaten a woman's leg. Um, uh, may or may not have. Where did he, it go? He ate her leg, I guess. Um, and 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 just the the sequence with the Union Army and uh, the Comanche is appropriately haunting, but also it's like this is a Disney movie. Yeah. So yeah, what well, Tonto's whole backstory, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. It's going to come up in the plot. Rotten Tomatoes gives this 30% with a user score at 51%. Uh, that sounds about right. Metacritic, 37 with a user score of 6.5. I'm not surprised this doesn't have a bigger user bump because I just don't think this had a huge audience. Clearly, it didn't. Um, but it's not the worst movie we've done. So I can see why some folks, including UT Dubs, would be a fan. I'm close. Um, I'm a history guy. Love Westerns. Yeah. Love Westerns, yeah. and I love when people are enlightened to the fact that the glory of westward expansion hurt a lot of people. So, innocent people, people who, you know, lived here, rightfully so. And I, I, I enjoy that a Disney movie took that swing to say, hey, uh, yes, the railroad entrepreneur is the piece of shit. And uh, this was a really dark chapter in American history. Like, I, that's why I like this movie. I think this movie has some great set pieces. And it took a huge swing to say, look, this is a bad part of American history. Okay. I appreciate your willingness to, uh, to distill that take from this movie, T-Dubs. I'm just not sure a lot of people did. Um, well, most but, people don't uh, care. Most people don't, but most people don't want to know that like this is an ugly part of American history. Yeah, I, I think it's really easy in the context of this movie is to kind of the takeaway from this is oh well that's that was an isolated incident, not really a metaphor for manifest destiny in general and the way the U.S. government has used itself as a systematic, uh, uh, you know, oppressive machine. Very uh, Pepper's in, in the behavior. Name of westward is pretty, is pretty clear like when he's like all right cool like oh you mean yeah. i mean i can kill all these comanche and not get in trouble for it of course and, and like, get rich okay yeah. i'm in like but that anyway. was the, the prevailing attitude yeah well for some godforsaken reason <laughs> this is not free on disney plus is bob Iker still trying to get his money back but anyway you can find the lone ranger streaming just about anywhere for 3.99 but as I am not a fan, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, it was rated PG-13 and has a runtime of two and a half hours. Hit me up, listeners. I got one movie pass left. I own the Lone Ranger. <laughs> if you want to, yep. if you want to watch it, I'll send I'll send you my last movie pass. T-Dubs has got your hookup. Hit him up on Twitter in the DMs, and uh, you can judge for yourselves. Don't don't take. I mean, hit him up so you can watch this movie. But no, it's gonna be. Terrible, just terrible. Yeah. So let's talk about the director and cast here quickly. We've already mentioned it. Uh, this was co-written by the duo behind Shrek and the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, Rossio, whatever. And it was directed by Gore the Ring Verbinski. And it stars Johnny, 
but why is the wine gone deaf is Tonto. No, no. Not Johnny, why is the wine gone? Johnny, who shit my bed, Deb? <laughs> yeah, and that's not a that's not a mistake here, folks. Depp was top build here, so that's why he's first on the list is, is Tonto. Uh, and then we've got Army. I have to return some videotapes. Hammer as the Lone Ranger slash John Reed. We've got Tom Wilkinson as Railroad Tycoon Lantham Cole. William the Accountant Fitchner. Welcome back to the pod as Cannibal Butch Cavendish. Nailing it. Buffalo, what up? We lost yeah, the Jaguars well, today. Ouch. Sorry, sorry, Six William. To nine. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, we also get supporting roles from James Badge Dale as Dan Reed, John's older brother. And we also have Ruth Wilson as Rebecca Reed, who's basically in nothing else. Uh, she's in the affair. Oh, okay. Um, as Dan's widow and John's love interest. And we get Helen Bottom Carter as Red, the ivory-legged brothel owner. Wait, wait, wait. Um, She's in the affair in this film, or is there a separate film? A uh, little double action in this film and the Showtime show starring... Just double-checking. Mighty Duck I don't star. believe that relationship's ever consummated, if you know what I mean. But... Joshua Jackson. Well, he's a, you know he's a spirit walker. Daywalker, yeah. yeah. Uh, and as we've already joked, we get Barry. I went from the Green Mile to Battlefield Earth Pepper as Captain Fuller. So it's actually a pretty small movie in terms of the cast. Stephen Root shows up at the very end, too. I know, um, yeah. True blood. Yeah. Barry Pepper, my career is the screaming shits. <laughs> Come, comes out hot, and then you just regret it. You regret everything <laughs> after. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, let's get on to one-liners. IMDB describes the movie as follows. Native American warrior Tonto recounts the untold tales that transformed John Reed, a man of the law, into a legend of justice. Yeah. Wrong. uh, I still hate it. Yeah, it focuses way too much on the movie's weird-ass framing device, but whatever. It's consistent, again, with the fact that Tonto gets the top billing in this Lone Ranger movie. Anyway, Captain Cash, what's your one-liner? Pirates of the High Plains. Very appropriate. T-dubs, what you got? I feel like we could all have really similar ones, but the look on Tonto's face when he realizes that the real Wendigo is the Lone Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) You mean actual cannibal army hammer? Yes, as he's he's feasting on his sister-in-law's leg. I ate Red's leg. Blood. <laughs> oh, all right. So uh, here's mine. The Lone Ranger begins. Oh, hey there, wrong brother. There are so many questions I have, which I know we're going to get into, but Jesus. Yeah, this movie's super weird. <laughs> like, T Dubs is really, really generous when he focuses on the portrayal of genocide as the high point of the movie. Stuff um, matters to me, I man. wouldn't even say it's like necessarily historically accurate outside of like conceptually. Yeah, that's that's a thing that happened. I'm not sure the motivations were, you know, exactly that from this movie because it is a fictional story. But yeah, I mean, the end result is the same. The exactly. movie is just not that high minded. That's the problem. Still. Important. Yeah. Yeah. It's Still the tonal important. whiplash is there. At least he admits that. So let's quickly get into this plot summary so we can continue to to get into some of the weirder aspects of this movie that really should have just been about the Lone Ranger. But anyway, 
Uh, the movie opens in 1933 San Francisco with a weird framing device. A very old Tonto is telling the story of the Lone Ranger from 60 years ago to a kid um, as he is part of a Wild West Museum for reasons. A Wild West Museum as part of a a circus or boardwalk. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's not great. But anyway. Yeah, it's uh, this scene, uh, this whole framing device that occurs often is the one thing I just, there's no purpose for it. And it cuts 20 minutes out of the movie if you just get rid of it. Yeah, it's kind of sad because it also implies that Tonto might have dementia, and it's like, oh, did this movie need another downer? Do we need Uh, another downer in this movie? Because this is a downer. I get that he's passing on a really important story to to another generation, but just tell that important story as it is. You know how did this all actually happen, or is it just a crazy man? Yeah, because well. There's even more to that because let's just knock it out right now because I don't break into it later. There is a scene in the first 40 some odd minutes of the movie, 40 to within the first hour, that Tonto places the popcorn bag we see the child holding into the grave of one of the posse members. So the popcorn bag from the quote unquote present 1933 time frame somehow jumps into the 1870s portion of the film so i don't know what that's supposed to mean nothing else seems to cross over but that so there's 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 supernatural stuff to this movie that i think is clearly left over from previous iterations of the script they don't fully scrub out and they don't really explain it's it's really strange and and back to the point about Tonto being a maybe an unreliable narrator, and how how does that impact what he says to the kid and what goes on in the, the technically flashback portions of the movie? Not clear, but like I said, the, the implication that he might have dementia is kind of a downer. It's sort of like the grandfather and the Princess Bride, you know, having to to go back and oh, we've already read that part, Grandpa. Oh yeah, did I? Hold on, let me find the right page. But that's endearing and kind of cute. And this is just kind of sad and oh, is this is this a bummer? Why is this a bummer? Why is this movie making honestly? Me feel this way? I, I thought about that because I want to complain about the framing device. I'm like, what's a similar framing device? And I immediately went back to Princess Bride. But the thing that the Princess Bride framing device does is allows a certain amount of cynicism into the story because you have the kid and the grandpa doing the Oh man, is it is it kissing? Oh, that's gross. But then it turns into no love actually matters, and the grandpa ends it with "as you wish," which is a way of saying "I love you" to his grandson. So it's it's different, and none of that pays off in this story. And it is so fr- like, why do we keep flashing back? And we're so I'm going to jump ahead. The film ends with the kid that old Tonto is talking to putting up his Lone Ranger mask and going, always wear the mask. Like it matters. It doesn't matter. He's a child. Well, what the fuck is this framing device? Yeah, so there's, let's get there. There's a lot of confusion in this script. And I think that is a part of Verbinski basically walking away and like, saying hey do what you got to do but like he did an interview like 
don't know, five, six months ago, where at one point there was a friggin' werewolf in the script for this movie. So I would have liked a werewolf. Give me the werewolf. <laughs> like, I don't know what they were planning, but there was a werewolf, which is probably the why the silver bullet is a thing. Well, that's also uh, from the TV show. I think in the radio, he always said yeah. silver bullets, but they were going to Because that's the cost that. of taking a life. Yeah. So, well, yeah, let's let's get into this. You're ruining the quiz, T-Dubs, but I don't really care. Uh, anyway, the movie gives us a tweaked version of the traditional Lone Ranger origin story. And this is the traditional version. John Reed is the sole survivor of a group of Texas Rangers, including his older brother, who are gunned down by the dastardly outlaw Butch Cavendish and his crew. John is wounded and left for dead, only to be rescued and nursed back to health by a Comanche named Tonto. John dons a domino mask made from his slain brother's best and becomes the Lone Ranger, vowing to avenge his brother's death by bringing Cavendish and his men to justice. Uh, that's pretty much what we get in the movie, except movie John is a district attorney and kind of a wimp, and he's also got the hots for his brother's wife. Weird. Which makes oh. it weird. Yeah. I, my also, biggest uh, beef with John throughout the movie is that he's supposed to be this really learned guy, yet he still just, in, in the end, boils down to just being an uppity racist asshole. Uh, like, he yeah, calls him a, a savage twice. Like, it's like, hey, you're supposed to be like, like a good guy, and so, you're doing the same shit to this guy that everybody else is. Yeah, what I think this movie loses from the original is that the Lone Ranger starts off as a hero in that, and you don't have to go through a hero's journey. He's already heroic. He just takes on this vigilante persona he, with the mystique yeah. of, 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 of no one knowing who he is. He, and he literally out and does, should have been the brother, basically. Kind of, yeah, and just goes out and he's just, just, he just does good. Where this tries to give him more of the traditional hero's journey origin story only they don't lay any of that groundwork i'm not really sure other than i mean it's kind of like the big trouble little china thing where he's you know he's not a fighter he's not a, a dashing action hero he's a lawyer and instead of like learning how to become a hero he just kind of tags along until it happens um so it would, yeah and it's not very endearing you never end up rooting for him really because again, I, do you want him to get his brother's wife? I don't really, I mean, that even the love angle, it's like, I don't really want to see them together. That's weird. Th this is where it seems to me that th there's very clearly competing stories happening because there's a story to be told, which mostly this movie wants to do, where Tonto is the main character and the Lone Ranger is just some dickhead you've heard stories about but he's actually a fuck up because Tonto is the one doing it, but they still insist on making the Lone Ranger semi-competent and someone you should root for, but he mostly well, fucks up the entire time. But he's not necessarily a bad guy in that sense. Yeah. He's not coded that way. He's just not a swashbuckling lawman like his brother. He's, he, he's just he's, an attorney. And he's I an mean, attorney with a strong moral you know, code. It's not like he's a corrupt attorney. He, he wants to bring everybody to justice and he doesn't want to kill anybody. But, but Captain Cash, he is William Turner, right? Like, he's the straight man. Uh, he's semi-likable. Uh, he has moral code, whereas uh, Tonto has a different code. 
you know, like he's he wants to go kill the Wendigo. He wants to do yeah. these different things. Uh, yeah, it's literally the same sort of arc for these characters. So. You know, it, it, I, I go back to my joke in my one-liner. It's like Batman Begins. It's like he's learning to be Batman, but it's but it, it the Lone yeah, Ranger just, begins. Yeah, it's things- like he's learning to be the Lone Ranger, but you never actually see him do anything to learn. And then he kills the bad guy by leaving him on a train, not oh, saving. Him. That's one of the things I like about the movie is that <laughs> he always insists on not shooting people, and because which is consistent is with the character like, traditionally. There, yeah, there is like he always that, shoots to disarm or shoots this to whatever. Is he the never demarcation point, like these guys are outlaws. They shoot first. They ask question later. Tatu wants to kill you know, this person that has wronged him. And in the end, like he learns a lesson. That guy never ends up shooting really anybody on purpose outside of like, you know, the, the bumble screw up guys get crushed by a beam, whatever. Mine's the time he decapitates yeah. two people, but it's cool. Yeah. But that was uh, unintentional. Um, but there is that see, murder that, is funny. Yeah. Well, it is uh, funny but these are all, these are all terrible. I, mean, I think we're all highlighting some of the, the deviations from the source material that, that that both help and hurt the movie at different parts. Okay, and also a difference in the movie is that John meets Tonto and Cavendish uh, before uh, uh, in that opening train ambush scene. Uh, so, like, you're traditionally they don't they don't necessarily meet until after there's they, they've done the uh, the desert ambush where everyone gets killed. Um, so, and that, that's probably because they had to have an action scene in, in the first act of the movie uh, before the posse murder. Oh, and in this one, Cavendish is also a cannibal who eats people's hearts and legs for reasons. I'm not really sure why they thought that was good to add, but okay. I think you mean a Wendigo. It was yeah, in the, the, the which, only reason which, for it was to throw you off the scent that the real bad guy is the railroad entrepreneur. But which is both. terrible because he's played by Tom Wilkinson. Anytime Tom Wilkinson shows up outside of fucking Shakespeare and love, you're like, that's the bad guy. No, I got he it. Creeps That's on the, the bad guy. Well, yeah, he was Ben Franklin. You know, he, he was in Mission Impossible. He's been a good guy too. But Ben Franklin had syphilis, so I guess he was a bad guy. <laughs> he was he a liked his French horse. Yeah. Uh, but also, the movie Tonto thinks Cavendish is a Wendigo, as you pointed out, Captain Cash, and that John is a daywalker. Uh, wait, no, wrong movie. Um, a spirit walker that cannot be killed in battle. And as you indicated earlier, T-Dubs, this all ties into the fact that there was this, like, I don't know, supernatural angle that was clearly left over from an older iteration of the script. And I'm going to pretty much ignore that moving forward. There's some vision crap. I don't care about it. I'm not going to bring it up. A couple of fever um, dreams when you touch yeah. the silver. Yeah. yeah. Like, so Tonto tells okay. John he would have preferred his brother, Dan, and calls him Kimosabi, which we learn means wrong brother. So, yeah, sorry, I stumbled through that, but that's basically the first hour or so of the movie. And, you know, we, we get the Lone Ranger uh, origin and, you know, we're basically established now with the Lone Ranger and his hetero life mate Tonto out for Cavendish and his men for their own personal reasons. And then there is a railroad plot point, which we later discover plays a significant part in Tonto's mostly unnecessary and very dark backstory. And that this local rail baron, Mr. Cole, is doing Hedley Lamar stuff to void land deals he made with Comanches. Yeah, the, the big thing, what they discover is that Butch Cavendish was essentially breaks out and they are masquerading as Comanches to break those land deals, which would then allow the railroad and the United States Army to 
move forth with the acquisition of Comanche land. Right. Yeah. So they make a point of saying that there's land deals in place. And as long as peace is upheld, that the land deals will stand. Well, yes, Mr. Cole manufactures unrest with uh, these false flag attacks. And of course, Tonto and John discover this, as you indicated. And uh, it's all a ruse to gain access to the silver mine, a mine that we learned Tonto led two white men to as a child in exchange for a pocket watch. As a result, his village was slaughtered and Tonto was excommunicated from his tribe. A very bad trade indeed. One of the men he led to the mine that day was Cavendish, which is why Tonto is obsessed with killing him. And thanks to those staged Comanche attacks, the army does get involved and proceeds to commit war crimes in a Disney movie. John tries to tell the Comanche that he knows the truth about the attacks and he can stop the pending conflict with the army if given time. But the Comanche are too depressed to care and are resigned to the fact that they must fight the white man. Woof. Okay, so all these things you're saying. What does it matter? We're already ghosts. My favorite line in the movie. This is why I like this movie a lot. These are things that happen. Um, these are you're you're giving these things to uh, a, a large section of people who are going to see this movie who wouldn't necessarily read about this. I studied it. It was one of my favorite courses uh, when we went to college together. I've read about it uh, a lot since, and I think this is a really important thing for people to learn. I happen to live in Arizona, right next to a lot of uh, tribal lands. I have a great museum where I can go and, and see all these things. These are not things people know about American history. And so even though, yes, this is an entertaining movie, uh, basically the fact that these people are con- like consistently lying and breaking treaties. And, you know, you can watch any movie like this. You can watch uh, Dances with Wolves. You watch um, uh, Last of the Mohicans. There's many great movies, but this was a big budget movie that was supposed to reach a wide audience and it's telling people important truths about horrible shit that happened. And so even though it's clunky and it's long and it can be, uh, you know, it's not the, maybe the best vehicle for it. At least it told a truth that matters to me. And it did so. And I think in a really, in a way that's like, holy shit, like, yeah, it's a Disney movie, but this is what people need to know. That's that's why I like this movie. Yeah, I'll give this movie credit for addressing these things and not really sugarcoating them. I'm just not sure it's the right vehicle to to take on these subjects, though, because I don't think it handles them particularly well. It definitely brings them up. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's not a period piece and and it's not like historically like accurate. Right. I mean, it's it's more like you get a feel for the kind of things that happened. Um, not a specific instance. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, generally speaking, uh, that's pretty accurate portrayal of how cruddy uh, the white folks were back then. Um, to your point about the we're already ghost line, I, I also enjoyed that when they asked Tonto very early in the film what his crime was, he goes, Indian, yes. my crime is existing. Yeah, my crime You've is criminalized my, my existence in my own land. Yeah, that was pretty profound, but it's a throwaway Johnny Depp line. But like actually that was pretty deep but anyway oh yeah and and we learned now that cavendish ate a hooker's leg and then we get the wild west version of the tango cash <laughs> gun boot such a cool. weird such cool. a weird like transition hey we're at this you know uh brothel by the way this is tortuga 
like right this is the tortuga scene they walk into this is like oh i've never been to a place like this and they're like hey Tonto. what really throws me off about this scene is that red the brothel owner played by helen bottom carter uh she shows off this ivory leg which is her natural skin tone anyway so it took me for a second to realize oh she's got a, a wooden leg um an ivory leg it's an ivory leg that everyone seems to be obsessed with, like we said, everybody wants to touch it. Everybody and she is. seems to be showing the thing yeah. off, but then she kind of flips the switch and she mentions that she wants to take out Cavendish too once she discovers that's who they're really after because of what he did to her. And and then it pans back and you see her laying on her fainting couch in front of a portrait of her as a ballet dancer. So for some reason, Cavendish just ate her leg for fun because earlier we hear that you know he, he might be a cannibal of some sorts because they're telling tall tales about him how he ate a man's heart yada 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 and he does in fact eat john's brother dan's heart my point but anyway in that not cavendish but the character played by batman villain has got and, his dick cut off they mention that he's got his dick cut off well, it, no it was shot off at gettysburg either way Okay, how are we going to play it? Going to detail, it was shot off at Gettysburg. The the bad guy has got no dick. Yes, the Uh, bad guy in this is just the same as the bad guy in Wild Wild West, short of the spider chair and the racial epitaphs. Yes, he's the same character. Oh, like literally. uh, Yeah, uh, it's way way too close to Wild Wild West. Uh, But anyway. so then uh, earlier, I kind of glossed over this point, uh, but earlier, Rebecca and her son, which is Dan's widow, were kidnapped by Cavendish's men, but were miraculously saved by Mr. Cole, mostly because he has the hots for her, too. Uh, we then learn that he was the other man Tonto led to the mine. Mr. Cole and Cavendish are, in fact, brothers. That's the like, big twist. They've been working together all along. And here's the thing. At what point in watching Tom Wilkinson play this character, you're going, hey, Tom Wilkinson in a role of power and authority, uh, 7025, he's a bad guy. Like, at no point was it like, oh, man, Tom Wilkinson's the good guy? Or, oh, man, Tom Wilkinson, like, is the bad guy in this. Obviously, obviously. Yeah, and I will admit here that I was confused because we see Rebecca and her son being led off to be executed, but they're saved by a dark figure on horseback who is not army hammer. So in a bowler hat, in a bowler hat. So, I mean, I was like, okay, what's, what's happening, you know? And then they kind of do a little reveal. He's like, Oh yeah, well, I, I had to save you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, so, okay. It, It was, it was a twist whatever not the strongest portion of the film nope nope um it was a little confusing but it it works out and mr cole has loaded his train with silver and is sending it to new york so he can buy a controlling interest in a railroad company and he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for the lone ranger and tonto showing up to blow up his railroad bridge with explosives that they got from the very beginning of the movie but don't don't worry about that and uh sending him and his brother uh and the silver to a watery grave. John is celebrated as a hero by the town of Colby, but he rejects their gifts and an offer of a lawman job in exchange for removing his mask. Instead, 
he awkwardly says goodbye to his brother's widow and rides off with Tonto in search of a sequel. Uh, I mean, uh, their next adventure. We end again with the old man Tonto framing device. He fills the kid with wonderment and flies off as a crow. The end. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, you skip some things, but yes, that's pretty. I mean, the fuck yeah. is going on in this movie? I mean, I, 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 I don't even know how to accurately explain the whole, they tried to pulp fiction the end of it. Like, oh, hey, remember that bank robbery from the beginning that we didn't explain? Oh, that was them stealing the explosives. How did they yeah. know the explosives were yeah. there? I don't know. Well, that, yeah, none of that makes sense. I agree. Yeah, it, it's not it's non-linear at the end. It jumps around a lot. But yeah, I mean, I skipped over the whole like set piece. There's another train scene in the end. Again, um, uh, there was just such it, better ways to handle it than the old Tonto stuff. Yeah. Which just the makes old Tonto confusing. stuff makes me angry. Yeah. Well, anyway, that covers the plot of 2013's The Lone Ranger. It's time to grab another Lone Star before we give this turd our beer ratings. But before that, here's a message from our Wendango hunting pals over at the Hot Nation USA podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hot Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back, folks, to our 133rd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops brought to you by Wobam Entertainment. We've covered the long and overstuffed plot. Now it's time to give the Lone Ranger our beer ratings. I'll go first. At two and a half hours long, this movie is a chore. It's 40 minutes before you get the mask. You get the title drop at about an hour and 11 minutes in. And you don't get the William Tell Overture action scene until almost two hours in. And then it goes on for way too long. The music, that is. This is a solid five beer movie for me. And finish your drink when you get to the Tonto backstory scene. Yeesh. Gentlemen, yeah. what are your ratings? I'll start no, with no, you, no. Captain Cash. Five. Five solid five. It's not the worst we've ever done. It's competently executed. I, I don't know that the acting is bad. I don't know that like the technical aspect of it is bad. It's the story is too long and I don't care. Like the framing device is frustrating to the point where there's no payoff for it at all. What am I doing here? I'm out. Let the record state that Captain Cash does not care about Native American genocide. This is a three enjoyment beer movie for me. I often watch this show with my mom when I was a kid. I had a little nostalgia for it. Not a great. When you thing. were a kid, this came out in tw- 2013. Yeah, the show. Like- Oh, I'm sorry. The show. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, we watch Bonanza. I'm a, I'm a Western guy. And of course I think it's telling a really important story. So three enjoyment beers, probably maybe four. Cause it is, it is too long. It's 30 minutes too long. I think that would, that would be a fair assessment. I hate the framing device stuff. There's certainly gripes I have about this movie, but I like this movie. I'm, I'm sort of shocked that it's a 30%. 50% I could see, but 
five, five enjoyment beers or four or three, whatever you feel like drinking that day. I like this. Movie. Just a lot. Drink a lot. This movie yeah. sucks. <laughs> if you're not enjoying it, you're going to drink more. I'll tell you that. Because, <laughs> or if you read about Army Hammer and then you watch it, six actual cannibal <laughs> Army Hammer. Yeah, allegedly. So. Um. Okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, your mileage may vary. So let's uh let, let's get into the general impressions here and and you know my standard questions. Uh, you know, would you recommend watching this movie? We've got your answer already there, T Dubs. Hundred. I think Captain Cash, you and I are on the same page. I I I would not recommend like, watching this movie. There's nothing here that I'm like, oh, this is great. You should check this out. It, it just, no. To uh to T Dubs' point, if you want to hear or learn about the way. Native Americans were treated here in the United States. There's probably better ways to get that information than from this movie. Uh, yeah, message us on the social. I'll send you many book recommendations. It's important. It's really important to read about. And you know, depending on the region in which you live, and you want to learn about the tribe that may have lived there, I will help you out. Believe me, it's this is necessary history. Absolutely. You know, for me, this movie's got major tonal issues, and at least T-Dubs will admit that. And I just feel it's way too dark for a movie about uh, a goody-two-shoes cowboy who lives by a strict moral code. I mean, Army Hammer is trying to play a Boy Scout while facing a cannibal, murderers, war criminals, and the evils of capitalism, all while lusting after his dead brother's wife. And that's not even getting into Tonto's super dark past. Like, how is this movie supposed to make me feel? I think that's the big question I have. You're, you're absolutely right there. And you could do an inch. Uh, so I think you could have done an interesting movie where the white knight, I don't kill anybody. I believe very strongly in the rule of law that, you know, each, each of my bullets is silver because that's the weight of taking a person's life is not just let's, let's fire it out there with lead up against the reality of the darkness of what humans actually did to one another in the West. But this movie doesn't want to do that. Like it, it, it sort of half does it, but then it half walks it back and there's this monstrous railroad tycoon, but ah, fuck it. Cue the William 12, the William tell overture. Yeah, I know it's fucking bonanza. It's bonanza again. I don't care. This is fucking terrible. Like, pick a lane. Mass confusion. No, but again, I give the movie credit. It does address these things. I just, I'm just not sure it's the right vehicle to do it. So, you know, whatever. Um, I guess the next question I have for the panel involves Johnny Depp's Tonto. How offensive was Depp's Tonto? I'm just going to go first. Okay. I want to get it out of the way. It's obviously, it didn't age well. It wasn't uh, good to begin with. And I'm obviously the one railing for uh, representing Native American history in in really respectful ways. Depp should have been Butch Cavendish. There's, I don't know though, because Fickner Fickner might be the best part of this movie. He's really good, but Mm. there's many very capable Native American actors that could have played Tonto. So obviously I mentioned like there's rumors he's he has some Native American ancestry. I can't confirm that. He, he only, can't confirm that. The only thing I can say 
in his benefit is that at least he put in the work to respect the community and was adopted into the, the Comanche tribe. But over the course of two and a half hours, it's not good. And oh. it, it should have been a, a, a traditional Native American actor. Yeah, that's the his- right decision to make. I, and and here, like, I'll just be real honest with you. To your point about using depth in a different way, I get it. This isn't the most offensive racial portrayal I've seen in a movie. In fact, I think it's not as, as offensive as um, the racial stereotyping we've seen in the Transformers movies. Um, it wasn't as offensive as the racial stereotyping we saw in uh, the original Suicide Squad with Killer Croc. That was bad. And that was even with an actor of color playing Killer Croc. Yeah. The script was terrible. It's demeaning. I, that, that was awful. Um, I put this right up there with Jeanette Goldstein playing Vasquez and aliens. Like that's a good performance, but you, you had somebody who was clearly not Hispanic in reality playing a Hispanic role. Yeah. Listeners, right? she, did it, she did it well. It's not like it was offensive or caricature, but it's like hindsight being 2020. There's no way in hell you get that done today. And if you you're not familiar, have... she's the stepmom from Terminator 2. Yes, that's Vasquez yeah. and Alien. It's like her last name is Goldstein, and it's it's not because you know she married in from a he, Hispanic family. Here's my thing: the year is not 1980. It is not a place where Al Pacino can assume the role of Tony Montana. It is the year of our Lord, 20 and 13. Who the fuck looked around and went? Oh, yeah. I mean, Johnny says he's got like, you know, Native American ancestors. So let's uh, let them play the guy. Oh, and uh, the, the role he wants to play uh, is based on a random painting by a white guy that has no basis in historical reality. And the, the fucking crow that's on his head the whole time is just behind him in the paint. Like, it's it's yeah. bad. Like, listen, so, I appreciate I appreciate that in 2003, everybody was pissed at Johnny Depp because what the fuck is this guy doing in the Pirates movie? He's going to fuck it up. It's going to be terrible. And that turned out to be Jack Sparrow, which turned into a like a six billion dollar fucking thing. But Johnny Depp was not turning in a Jack Sparrow on this as much as he was just repurposing Jack Sparrow in red face. It fucking sucks. Wait, wait a minute. So what you're saying is this was a mistake from 21 Jump Street. Listen, if someone had bit off Tonto's nose and they shot Tonto in the head when he had 20 minutes in, maybe this is a better movie. The kid, the kid shoots Tonto in the head because he doesn't believe this bullshit. A better movie. Yeah, and I get it, though. To your point, Captain Cash, the problem this movie has and the problem with Depp's Tonto is that Depp was the star. Yeah. So you cast Depp as Tonto. Well, now all of a sudden now Tonto has to be a much bigger character in the movie, which makes the problem of having a white guy play him even worse. Yeah. Because now it, he gets a yeah. ton of screen time and he's got a, he's got a ton of, uh, of uh, story and backstory, which makes it even worse. Um, so no, you don't, cast Depp as Kavanaugh or Kavanaugh <laughs> Cavendish sorry wrong monster 
Um, you don't <laughs> cast you don't cast uh, Depp as the villain. You don't cast Depp as Tonto. You got to use him as the Lone Ranger. That's how you fix this movie. Yeah, Depp's yeah. got to be the Lone Ranger, and then you do get an actual uh, indigenous person to play Tonto. Yeah, like if you want Johnny Depp to be the star, and this is my thesis, if you want Johnny Depp to be the star of your Lone Ranger movie, you have to make him the Lone Ranger. You can't. You can't make him Tonto. You can still let him be a buffoon. You can still let him be the butt of most of the jokes where Tonto is the actual competent individual, which is a nice turn it on its head. Like well, I appreciate where they're going, but you still need not Johnny Depp to be that person. Yes. I appreciate his passion to get this made, but a little self-awareness would have went a long way. Yeah. A long way. Well, you know, and at this point, I think the money was just so big that, I think people just got away with stuff that maybe and he, and he was maybe just, they would have questioned, you know. He was just way too old to play the Lone Ranger. So I mean, honestly, he, he was stretching it for Tonto, right? He was yeah, 40 when yeah. Pirates came out. So he yeah, was yeah. 50 at this. And they have him running around shirtless, like, all right, do the thing. And it's like, oh, that's a 50-year-old man. He was at the peak of his um powers per se. You know, he was, oh, nominated, for sure. he was nominated for Best Actor. Pirates 1 through 3 were huge hits. The latter two made a billion dollars. But a little self-awareness would have went along. Yeah. I, I think, I honestly, I'll talk about this later, but I think he would have been fine as the Lone Ranger. He would have kept his shirt on. At least. You know, and uh, it, it probably would have helped the movie because one of the big problems we have is that next to Depp, Army Hammer appears to be a two-by-four. Like he, he just didn't sucks. have a lot of charm or he, charisma. He, he sucks in this movie. Yeah. And all my favorite parts of the movie really, aside from a, some of the tremendous set pieces are essentially Tonto making a fool out of him, which I wouldn't say he's doing Jack Sparrow in this movie, Captain Cash. I, I more felt like Depp was doing Ringo. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, tough call, but He's he's got a silly affect. He walks funny, and he's got a silly hat. Uh, anyway, so are you surprised it flopped, Thunderous Wizard? No, I'm not. Westerns are a tough sell. Yeah, I wrote I mean, a you saw it in theaters. Did you walk out of the the showing in theaters like, oh, that was awesome? Like, I'd seen the reviews. I knew they were negative. Uh, I wrote a review for this years ago. I I liked it. But I just wasn't, I, I was not surprised it was flopped. Captain Cash, what are your feelings? Are you surprised this flopped? No, because it didn't carry a charismatic enough lead. Like, yeah, it, it pays lip service to the idea of, yeah, the, the whole Westward expansion was actually bad for all of the people that were not white and most of the people that were not rich. But the problem still comes up that it doesn't do anything with that. Like they sort of like wink at it at the with the framing device to be like, oh, look, here, here's this care, here's this child who who feels like that, you know, the 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 weird savage red man is a thing. And to learn that, you know, actually the the character that you think is the hero is kind of a jackass and the real person that did all this heroics were Tonto 
because he was the the person with really the understanding. But then it it doesn't actually do that. It just does a weird framing device, and that's it. Was yeah. it? And it's wait a minute. Was it not enough for you to watch the entire Comanche tribe that was left get murdered, and then you know sixty years in the future to see them called the noble savage like? it's pretty representative history. Like that's how we frame them again. Yeah. So like, it's not, it's not doing that. It, it but it does, it does most explicitly that, which it, is why the movie works for me. I would it's, say it's, it's not explicit. It's implied. Yeah. Like which at yeah. the end of the movie, army hammer gets up on a big fucking white horse on a fucking roof and it does and i'm gonna do the bonanza theme again don't do it because it doesn't matter it like it's played as this like yeah it's played as this fucking cartoon and this movie can't decide whether it wants to be uh hey actually tonto was the heroine and what happened to the indigenous people in the americas was fucking awful or whether it wants to be a goofy bullshit like look here's the guy on the fucking white horse and he can shoot with silver bullets and ba-da, 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 ba-da. Yeah. he can't so, get killed so, so hold on so i i think what the movie's missing to really drive your point home thunderous wizard is at the end instead of army hammer just saying nope i'm gonna leave the mask on or john you know, I'm going to leave the mask on and, and ride off to be the Lone Ranger. He takes that moment to lecture the townspeople on all the things he's learned. Well, just, like, you know, just you, you guys need to understand that you got you to watch out for greed. You got to watch out for people who, uh, you know, don't have your best interests in mind making decisions for you and the rest of the community. And you have to understand that the natives are humans, too, and that we just, should all get to get along. He never he never delivers that message. Just tell to Stephen Root. I'm not your patsy. He looks him dead in the eye as he's trying to hand him something. He says, I don't work for you. Again, very subtle and very insular to just Stephen Root and the railroad people. He needs to address the townspeople and teach them a moral lesson. Which well, of is course what, he does. But which is which is what the Lone Ranger would have done in the TV but, show. But like, but that's like the implication. If he announces it over the thing, I don't work for you. Da da da. Yeah, I, I guess they're maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, it, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I am surprised this movie flopped uh, because if you look at it on paper, as you indicated earlier, T-Dubs, Giant Depp was at the height of his powers. This was a big budget movie. Uh, Army Hammer's got that, uh, you know, matinee star look to him. He looks the part of the Lone Ranger. This should have worked. You've got Actual the guys cannibal wrote, army hammer. Allegedly. I mean, it's got all on the paper. It's got all the stuff you'd want. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer production. It's got Disney's marketing machine behind it. Um, it's a character that a lot of people know. I would say it was a popular character, but it's definitely a known name. Oh, the Lone Ranger. Kimusabi. Yeah. Hi-Ho Silver. Gotcha. This, yeah, I guess it makes sense. I think the problem is, you know, if you'd made this movie for closer to a hundred million dollars, like Columbia was thinking, it probably would have been okay. But once that budget got over the 200 million mark, and then it turned into a dicey property. Well, should never have been a 200 million dollar movie, but it, it does. Um, 
for me at least, it, it reminds me of uh, the Green Hornet movie, hmm. which that I was see that that was a later TV show than this, but yeah, they tried but- to like radically invent the the Green Hornet, and it just didn't work. Whereas this movie like tried to do things with the character. And he's just kind of a dipshit, the main character. Yeah. Which well, and that's and that's where I think it really falls apart for me because the script was a bit of a mess. Okay. But I think a stronger leading man could have salvaged the movie. Uh, and, you know, and maybe, just maybe, you know, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but, uh, and it just, yeah, it just lost an obscene amount of money. It just, I'm, I'm, I am shocked that it flopped that hard. Wow. wow. Uh, but fun fact yeah. since you brought up the Green Hornet. Uh, did you know that the Green Hornet is actually connected to the Lone Ranger? The shows or the movies? The shows. Shows. Both. I did both. not know. I did not know. Both. Show. I believe. I believe both technically, and, and not the movies. Not like as a sequel, but in the continuity of that universe, I, I think like the the Green Hornet's like his nephew. Yeah, uh, the Lone Ranger's nephew. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Did not know. And that and, that, and, and we're and the fact, same mask. So. Yeah, yeah, the domino mask has actually got a greenish tint to it. Apparently, I didn't notice it in the movie, but allegedly, and that they did that in the movie just to, to pay homage to uh, to the Green Hornet. But yeah, yeah, fun, fun fact. I didn't so anyway, that, uh, all, that yeah. does not come up in the quiz, so I throw that one out there now. And I'll just piggyback on my own last comment here and my thesis from earlier uh, when I answered the question: Where did this go wrong, and and or how would I improve the movie? Uh, for me, it all starts and ends with Depp getting the top billing. Uh, you spend way too much time focused on Tonto as a result, and we don't get nearly enough time with the Lone Ranger doing Lone Ranger stuff in a Lone Ranger movie. So again, if you want Johnny Depp to be your star here, you got to make him the Lone Ranger. Um, I, I, on paper, Army Hammer seems like a great fit for the character of the Lone Ranger, but he just did not have the charm to pull it off. But I will say this, I will say this. I could see him doing the Bruce Wayne, the troubled Bruce Wayne in a Justice League movie and slash Batman. I could see that. I don't think he's fit for the Boy Scout role. He could never be Captain America, but maybe he could be Batman or he could have been until he became a cannibal, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, Here's here's the thing. You can do two movies. You can do the one movie where Tonto is the actual hero and everything you've heard about the Lone Ranger is actually wrong because the reality is Tonto was the one doing all the work. That's a movie that that's a movie you could watch. That's not a movie starring Johnny Depp. Definitely. Or you can do a revival of the Lone Ranger, wherein much in the Captain America vein of this is a guy who is so committed to justice and fairness that you know what? He's going to do the right thing no matter how much it costs him. He's still going to abide by his ideals. But you can't really do the two together. That's the problem with this movie. That, that's where this movie went wrong. This is two different movies. There's a movie where Tonto is the hero, where we get like the really in-depth weird, like actually turns out Wendigo is a real thing. And by the way, bunny rabbits will fucking eat each other. Oh and there's another what is, what is, what, what, yeah, hold on, hold on. Wait, stop, stop. I completely forgot to mention this. What's with the cannibal watership down bunnies? I mean, I feel like that explains itself. Aren't all the watership down bunnies cannibal bunnies? That was but, a total waste of my. What is going? Because again, 
there's a supernatural angle this movie had in, in previous iterations. It and was we see hints of it throughout this movie, and they, they they they're set up for a payoff that never happens. It was very reminiscent of the uh, CGI gophers from uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. In the words of the warrior poet John Cleese, "It's just a little bunny rabbit. It's got little teeth. It's nothing you will worry about. It's got big teeth." No, I, I I I'm so perplexed by that. Yeah, there's three. At least three things in this movie that just need to be scrapped completely to save money and time. The framing device, the mythical stuff, and the love square. Yes, totally true. Everybody wanting to bone the only single mom in the village or in the town. That that just that was unnecessary. But but Tonto's backstory is the most important part of this movie, and it can't be scrapped. Yeah. You, you can leave the backstory, but you can just cut some of the mystical crap out. You just you just um, make the Lone Ranger less of a dipshit, or more of a dipshit. It like it's got to yeah. go one way or the other. It's, but the, he's either a complete idiot or he's semi competent. But where they landed was not the place. The Tonto stuff is super important. So I mean, fair. Yeah. I appreciate well, I, what they were doing there. I, I'm fine with the backstory, but my point is his motivation to get Cavendish should just be revenge. He does not need to be a Wendango. Mandingo, whatever. Well, yeah, it's also- me that it's a Wendigo, which is an Algonquin thing, which is mostly the northern part of the like Americas. Canadian, yeah. And yeah. he seemingly forgets that there's two of them. Yeah, so the whole point I is he should have just, just been all about, I, I need to get this guy because of what he did to me, and I need to find the second guy too. That should have been motivation enough. And then you can get yeah. rid of this whole Daywalker deal and all that crap. But you're um, right. It should have been like the Life Aquatic with Steve Sisu where somebody interviews him and is like, what's, what's your motivation? Revenge. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And, that, and yeah. that would have worked. It would work just fine. Yeah. Because yeah. it is a little confusing. Yeah. And, and, and my big complaint about the pacing, which a lot of critics hinted at as well, is that it takes us 40 minutes to get to the mask and then he doesn't do anything for like another hour but anyway all right listener we need to take a break and freshen up our brews before we gallop into the competitive portion of the pod up next is the hell on wheels trivia challenge but first here's a message from our wobam entertainment tag team partners at the double turn podcast Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Woman Entertainment. We've been talking about Disney's The Lone Ranger, and now it is time for the Hell on Wheels Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, it's the standard format, five questions, multiple choice, and tonight you'll be playing for Helen Bottom Carter's ivory leg prop. Do you guys want to touch it first? Yes. No. <laughs> Come on. I thought you had a soft spot for Marla. I am Jack's deeply concerned conscience. 
Yeah. <laughs> what a weird plot point. <laughs> anyway, uh, second place gets a bottle of Old Crow. So tonight, the Chimans are Kimusabi, or I have to return some videotapes, along with any of the pod standards. All righty, let's get started with question number one. The Lone Ranger started as a radio serial in 1933. In what city was the Lone Ranger created and first aired? Was it A, Dallas, Texas, B, Little Rock, Arkansas, C, Los Angeles, California, or D, Detroit, Michigan? All right, that was you, Captain Cash. What's your answer? D. D, Detroit, Michigan. That is correct. Oh, See? New York City, because we're all just making shit up about the old West. Pace I'm a little shocked us. by that, but yeah, yeah, Detroit. All right. Question number two. Captain Cash is in the lead with one point. Director Gore Verbinski started his career as a musician and went on to direct several music videos for punk bands in the 80s and 90s. Which of these bands did he not work with? Was it not A, NoFX, B, Green Day, C, Bad Religion, or D, 24-7 Spies? Hi-ho, Silver. Away. That would be the Thunderous Wizard. Green Day. That is correct. Son of a bitch. That's the yeah. opposite of what I would have chosen. Gorver well done. not a sellout like Green Day. So Yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel like the others weren't, but fair enough. Well, that's one point for the Thunderous Wizard, and we're all tied up now. One's across the board, heading into question number three. The movie gives us the definition of Kimosabi as wrong brother. What is the actual translation? And I'll award a bonus point if you can give me the Native American language it is derived from. Is the correct translation A, trusted scout, B, faithful friend, C, he who peaks, or D, wife stealer? Hi-ho, silver. Away! That's Captain Cash. I, I do believe it is trusted scout. That is a common uh, translation that people cite, but it is incorrect. Damn it. Can you steal Thunderous Wizard? Uh, faithful friend. Final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. It is he who peaks. Now, frequently, those first two answers, trusted scout and faithful friend, were cited as the translation. But if you go back to the actual Ojibwe or Potawatomi, uh, it's he who peaks. Or he who peaks in secret. So okay. it, it could be inferred mm. as a scout, but yeah, anyway, interesting. Um, and the name Kimosabi actually came from like a summer camp that one of the guys who originally wrote the radio serial went to as a kid up in Michigan that just basically had some Native American gibberish as the, as the name of the camp. So are yeah. you sure it, kind it's of, not? Whoa, 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 Kimosabe. Hey, hey, big bowling is my hobby. <laughs> is, is, that, that? is that from uh, Jump On It? I no, I don't I forget who sings that. But okay. <laughs> that was a, that was literally a lyric in some rap song. <laughs> Sounds right. That's not good. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Well, we're still tied at one to one as we Make our way to question number four, which has been spoiled, but let's just see who's the fastest on their buzzard here. 
but buzzard buzzer whatever it doesn't matter an early version of the disney script leaned hard into the supernatural elements but they were cut to keep the budget down what type of movie monsters were cut from the script was it a werewolves b zombies c vampires or d giant steampunk spiders i'm gonna shoot my silver ball that is the thunderous wizard it's werewolves yeah now to be more specific it was werewolf coyotes yeah okay and Wouldn't captain that be Cash, coyotes in fairness yeah basically but do you know why it was werewolves can you guess where yotes well but, werewolf for mitzvah spooky scary yeah, boys I'm, becoming no, men men becoming men wolves, becoming wolves. <laughs> wolves. They, they were leaning into the silver bullet angle which also would have worked for vampires too right I mean, depending on the lore, it's all yeah. It would not work as well for vampires. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So that's what they were going to do. It was going to be werewolves, and and again, I think that's one of the weirdest things that they cut out what they thought was too expensive, but they still left a bunch of references to supernatural stuff in the movie that there's no payoff for. Anyway, you've got the lead now, T Dubs. It is two to one as we head into question number five. Let's see if we can avoid a tie here, folks. Which Oscar-winning director called The Lone Ranger one of his favorite films of 2013? I hope Silver Away. Uh, hold on. Pod rules. All answers must be delivered before right. chime-ins are allowed. But you're not disqualified. Fair. Was it A, Paul Haggis, B, Ron Howard, C, Catherine Bigelow, or D, Quentin Tarantino? Farts and I owe Silver Away. You just cannot beat him, can you, Captain Cash? I'm sorry, but that was you, T-Dubs. As I referenced, it's Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You spoiled that one, too. You son of a bitch. You really do love this movie. If I'd known you loved like this, movie this movie that much, I would have dug deeper. But, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino likes foot stuff, so I'm sure him and Army Hammer have lots to talk about. Yeah, I, not good. Well, I congratulations, <laughs> Thunderous Wizard. You are the winner of uh, Helen Bottom Parter. Helen bonham carter's ivory leg prop you do with that whatever you will i like Captain cash i have to admit if i was going to take second <laughs> place in one of these quizzes this is the one i'd probably do it in because i hope you also enjoy your bottle of old crow oh no old crow is the big winner here all righty folks uh, i'm going to go into our recommendations now and i'm going to go first because uh, after watching johnny depp and red face for two and a half hours I'm recommending something to cleanse your palate. And that I'm, is I'm recommending John Wayne's Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's a Hulu series, Reservation Dogs. Oh, that's um, the Letterkenny people too, isn't it? I, I, I think so. Um, it was released back in August uh, uh, on Hulu, uh, and it features writers and directors and a cast that are mostly made up of indigenous people from here in North America. And it's shot entirely in Oklahoma and the show centers on the lives of four teenagers trying to scheme their way to California. Um, it's a dramedy series and all eight of the episodes are up now for binging. Uh, it was well-reviewed like it's like 90 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, uh, Taika, Taika Waititi is one of the, the producers on it. And uh, yeah, it's worth checking out. I watched a couple of the episodes and it's, it's pretty good. And uh, yeah, it's, it's some legit, you know, uh, indigenous representation, uh, not, uh, not Johnny Depp and Redface. So check it out on Hulu. 
Okay. Well, uh, I love Westerns, so I'll recommend two Westerns. Recent one is The Harder They Fall on Netflix, which stars Jonathan Majors, uh, which you may know from Loki, Idris Elba, Damon Wayans Jr. makes an appearance, uh, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, uh, Watchmen, or if you're old like us, she was in Friday. She's been in a million things, and she's super great. Delroy Lindo, Always the Man, The Five Bloods, etc., and so on. So, um, yeah, no. uh, yeah stop eating his sesame cake. This movie is really good. It's on Netflix now. Just came out. I loved it. I love westerns. Um, my favorite western, one of my favorite westerns, is Unforgiven. I'm not sure where you can watch it now, but uh, it is Clint Eastwood's masterpiece. I think Unforgiven is the perfect Western, and everyone should see it. So, yeah, check out Unforgiven. Right on. Captain Cash, what is your recommendation this week? And I swear to God, don't say DuckTales. Every time you tell me not to do it, it's only encouraging. It's tempting, to right? It. I'm just plant- I'm planting that seed. I really are. But... Uh, I, I had the opportunity to actually go out to a movie theater. So after my recommendation of get fucking vaccinated, the rest of you dick holes, go see uh, The Last Duel. That was really, really good. It's a, it's the Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and I, I God damn it, I feel like an asshole because I don't remember the uh, the lead actresses or the ben lead Affleck. actors. Jodie Comer. No. She does an amazing job as what is inarguably the lead character of The Last Duel. The Last Duel is a great movie. She does a great job in it. Also, all the other characters, including Matt Damon and Adam Driver, and maybe especially Ben Affleck, kill it. Please go see that movie. It's really, really good. Okay, great recommendation, Captain Cash. So what you're telling me is that Ridley Scott finally nailed his medieval fantasy pick. I mean, there's not a lot of fantasy, but just, otherwise... It's just, it's just medieval, okay. It's just medieval. I mean, because like l- l- going back, we've got Kingdom of Heaven, we've got uh, Robin Hood, and um, it's not good. It's not, it's not good for Ridley Scott. But this one, this one, like he finally got there, it's good. The last Legend. duel. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up so we can get on the next week. Thanks again for joining us on this episode, loyal listener. Next week we have the second installment in our Hops and Attempted Flops franchise series. We'll be diving into this year's Snake Eyes. Oh no! Talk about flops. Yeah, this was a big flop. I have not seen it yet, Thunderous Wizard, so I'll have to get on that. But it'll be your episode to host, so we're all looking forward to that. You can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find me on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. Captain Cash is C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. And the Thunderous Wizard can be found on Twitter at WriterTLK. And please check out Wobam Entertainment at WobamEntertainment.com. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. 
Hey, you know, reach out, touch us, give us something, folks. We always need some inspiration on what to talk about. We can only talk about the Lone Ranger, Snake Eyes, and other great movies that we love so much. You know, we need recommendations from you folks. And just remember, listener, when you go out seeking justice and when dingo hunting with your shirtless, somewhat exotic heterosexual life mate, always wear a mask. <laughs>